When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And I just felt it was right, you know, just to, just to be there and, and grind with those guys, you know, and, and try to all come together for that common goal. And the team is stacked, you know, like I always talk about, you know, last year, you know, we just couldn't put it all together in certain situations, but... Um, you know, we got even better, I believe, this year in the off uh, in the off season by adding uh, a great offensive line and Kevin, um, adding the pass rusher um, coming, uh, to help Neil um, with uh, Ed coming from his you know his defensive background. So interesting, man. I love how transparent Patrick Peterson is. All things covered <laughs> is the podcast. That's where he announced he was coming back to the Vikings yesterday. Did you guys watch it too? Like, did you watch it live when it was happening? Mm-hmm. And did you see? Yeah. So, like, when he's teasing it a little bit, and he did a great job at a little bit dancing around. He goes, "Well, I'm not going far." My first thought was Green Bay. He's going to the Packers. That was my like and my then initial. Then goes, fear. "Oh, you going somewhere else in the division?" Yeah. Like, oh man, is he going to Green Bay? This was like he wouldn't go to Chicago. This was like when Sting ripped off the NWO shirt and then actually joined the Wolfpack <laughs> shirt. Like that was, that's yeah. what it felt like. That's what it felt like. <laughs> right over Judd's head with that reference. But yes, that's what it felt like. It's okay. I'm Make, okay with that. Making wrestling references if you, over Judd's head is one of our favorite things <laughs> on these shows. If he had gone to, to the Packers, I would have given that like three seconds. I thought, oh, he went to the Packers. No. Well, let's, let's get into what this means for the Vikings. And, and even like in that little clip that we played off the top, you can, you can, you can glean a few things of what Patrick Peterson and his teammates think about this team going forward. But this is Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zilgad, our executive producer, Declan Goff, presented by Surly Brewing Company and TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And uh, we can talk more about these odds maybe on a show later this week, but the sports books are starting to come out with overrunners like Caesars has them at eight and a half. You know, so there's, there's not a lot of market belief that this is a 10, 11, 12 win team. But as you heard in that clip, so Patrick Peterson resigns. It's basically a, a one year, a $4 million deal. There's some incentives built in. Doogie just texted us. It's a $3.1 million cap hit. So it doesn't do a whole lot to your, to your cap. And, um, the two, and we'll get into the sort of the, the tail of the tape in that cornerback room. I want to get your guys' thoughts on your confidence level in the position groups as they stand here. But he said two things in that clip that really stood out. Number one, 
he said, we felt like we just weren't great situationally. Like we've got a, I think he said, we've, we've got a loaded roster and we just weren't great in certain situations. And that's true. Like they were terrible late in the first half. They were terrible late in games at times and they, or that they would disappear at key moments offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. And then he said, all the upgrades this offseason, he listed a couple players, but then he said Kevin O'Connell as an, a great offensive mind coming in to run the offense and the team. Right. And Ed Donatel, he referenced. And I think part of it is Patrick Peterson is just, he's praising the guys that are coming in. He's not just going to get on the show and like dagger Mike Zimmer. But I think his thoughts represent a lot of the guys in that locker room, which is we think we have a loaded roster, and we think the coaches that are coming in are going to, Mold that roster in a better way, right? I mean, he basically said it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what I think of that? <laughs> oh, God. I think we know what you Yeah, think I think we know. Yeah. It's, it's more of this. What, finger it's, pointing? It's more of the, yeah. Well, okay. or it's his fault. Yeah. It's not It's not my fault. It's it, this is, they have really gone Stockholm syndrome and convinced themselves that it's all from, that, that, that they are, that they were held captive and that, it's it frustrates me because I don't feel like there's ever been a collective look at really what went wrong, and and I got a note. So Phil, you you put out a tweet about um, running it back after they announced or after Peterson announced that he was going to be back, mm-hmm. and I tweeted something, and we got a note from a guy, and it was very fair. It said, "I'm a big fan of, of yours, but I don't understand why you're trying to rip this move or something," and I'm not. I actually like this move. Patrick Peterson is well past his prime, but he's a pro's pro. I think he's good in the room. I think that he brings stability. I certainly don't think that he's bad now. He's just not what he was. But I think with the Cardinals in like 10 years, he was eight times a Pro Bowl player. So he was outstanding at one time. There is nothing wrong with bringing Patrick Peterson back. And at this move, $3.5 million cap hit, I actually applaud it. I like it. That's not the point. The point is twofold. One, running it back. Difference between, oh, I'm bringing that guy back. He was good in the room. He did a good job. Um, And bringing the amount of guys back that they're going to bring back. So that's the first point. The second point is, and it's just, it's really frustrating to watch because I feel, I feel like the parent telling the kid not to do something and the kid ignoring me completely until it's too late. The delusional aspect of that this is all coaching. I mean, I don't even think, to try and spin this in a positive way, I don't think this is fair to Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell is a first-time coach. We have no idea. He might be Lombardi. He might be Les Steckel. I mean, we just don't know. But the whole, but the whole spin of the whole spin of everybody buying into this was, it's coaching. It's all coaching. That's not true. Like, it's just simply not true. Coaching played, I'll continue to say this, but it's a very important talking point because the reality is being lost. Coaching played a role in the team's problems. I have no doubt about that. Kirk and the coach not getting along certainly did not help things. Now, the problem, though, is when you, and and Phil, you, you work with people in our company a lot, not to name names, but I'm going to say something that I think rings true. When you absolve yourself from all blame and place the blame elsewhere and fail to look internally at how can I improve, what should I be doing, what did I do wrong, I think it creates a really, really difficult situation 
because there's always something to be learned. And so far, I have heard nobody, nobody who's sticking around here. And I don't expect, just to be very, very clear, Peterson to say this. So I'm not, I'm not dumping it on him just because we played his quote. But I have heard nobody say, yeah, you know what? Yeah, Mike, it, it wasn't great. But here's what I did wrong, or here's what we did wrong. I just keep hearing people absolving themselves. And I'm really frustrated because that's, that, to me, does not result in growth. It's a, it's a really interesting point and dynamic in that you are right. You've, I think you're sensing the correct message behind the scenes here, which is from ownership even the new general manager and coach, like in some of the drive-by shots they're taking at the bad communication or like, I'll never have a coach on my staff that doesn't communicate one-on-one with players and build those connections. Like, I mean, that is a direct shot at Mike Zimmer. And then, and then the players coming out and talking about just like, we weren't good in certain situations. Like you're, yeah, it is. All of it is guided toward Mike Zimmer and his staff being, incompetent or out of touch in some way, which is partially true. Absolutely. No one is disagreeing with that on this show. But the players very clearly feel like there is major unfinished business here. The players are essentially saying, you know, and and start, start to read the tea leaves here. Kirk Cousins holds some sort of, according to Ben Lieber, secret behind the scenes meeting with team leaders, right? Where they, they, he's dumping all of his notes from last year and fleshing out all the things that, he sees for the team going forward and gets everyone on board. Kirk's our dog, I believe is how Ben put it on his podcast. Patrick Peterson, I'm guessing he didn't. He said there was like five other teams with interest. The fact that he's only making like 3 or $4 million with the Vikings means that it wasn't like a money-driven decision. He had interest from Washington, from the Colts. Let's say a team's offering him $2 million and the Vikings offered him three. Maybe there's a team that offered him more money. It's not like the Vikings were the only team interested in Patrick Peterson. He is choosing to come back in the twilight of his career to this team because he feels like there is unfinished business and this roster is loaded. And also, you might have noticed, no veterans demanded a trade here that we know of. I think it would have leaked out at some point, right? Like, Daniil Hunter is unhappy with his contract to the point where he wants to demand a trade. We knew that Daniil Hunter was unhappy with his contract, but he elected, hey, I kind of want to see this thing through for another year. Mm -hmm. Eric Kendricks. Is in his early thirties. You might only have another chance or two to win a Super Bowl. Right. Haven't heard any. No. No. Adam Thielen. This is your shot, man. You want to go play somewhere, win a Super Bowl. There's a ton of teams looking for wide receiver help right now. The Ravens, like you could, you could call your shot right now and demand a trade. And the Vikings right. would probably oblige. None of the veteran players have demanded a trade. So whether they all wind up being right or not is going to play out between now and next January. But I find it fascinating that. Each player thinks that there is major unfinished business here and that it's not a player problem, that we've got the guys in the room to make a run. We just need a better leader. Fascinating. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you right now, I think it's as much. So one is the biggest thing, and this is no shocker, the biggest thing is pay. So like, if I can get paid, I'm staying there. So like Hunter, who, by the way, when healthy, is a marvelous player. Um, Daniil Hunter wants to stay here if he's being compensated. What I sense, though, and this will ring true to Dex for sure, what I sense is the ability of the inmates to think they can run the asylum. And that's a wild thing. That goes back to Suter and Parisi and that whole group. And that's what I'm sensing here. 
I'm sensing it's not unfinished business. I'm sensing it's we think we're good. You're not as good as you think. And we think that we can run th- this place. Because when they look, what Eric Kendrick said, right or wrong, carried a ton of weight. Culture which of is, fear. Fear-based cult- culture. Right, right. But this is pro sports. There is a happy medium between what do you consider fear? Um, because I want my GM and coach to run the team. Now, do I want them to be complete jerks? No. Do I know that Spielman was? Absolutely not. I don't. Um, but I sense that these guys are pouncing on opportunities that athletes often will, which is uh, if we sell this as those guys were the big, bad, bad guys, that we can have a big say in how this runs. Now, if you have the right people, that's awesome. If you don't have the right people, it becomes, again, a case of the inmates trying to run the asylum. And that's where I'm wavering here on them standing pat. And a lot of guys, I feel like there's a lot of guys here, flat out, might be wrong, but I feel this way, who are very comfortable, who have gotten comfortable. Perhaps they're from here. Perhaps they like being here because they're from here. Do I feel that there are a lot of guys on this team? And I will start with one name. Justin Jefferson is driven to win. When he wakes up, he wants to win. I don't I think, think he cares. I, th- I think Adam Thielen does too. I think you're off on Adam Thielen. Um, okay, but the comfort lo- the comfort goes beyond him too. I think that there's a lot of guys who have become comfortable here, and they're aging out, and it's it's and and Thielen's among them. Um, but a guy like Kendricks, this doesn't make them bad people. What I'm saying is there, there's a difference between being a bad guy and being a comfortable guy. And comfort in sports is only good up to a certain point. And I, I'm i just sensing here with what the Vikings are doing, which is bending over backwards now to be almost too kind. I don't need too kind. Just don't be an a-hole. Well, the, one, the thing that I for sure agree with you on is the pressure that's being put on Kevin O'Connell mm-hmm. that we all kind of figured, maybe not we all, but like I know that on this show we figured – they're going to make some changes this offseason, right? Like, you're not going to hire, you're not going to wipe everyone out and then bring in a new coach. I mean, everyone knows what we were saying a month or two ago, and we were, we were wrong, or, or we were, I don't know, I guess we were wrong uh, that they would blow up the roster this year. Maybe they find the same conclusion in a year from now, but, you know, they're running this back. I, I'm surprised. And they're foregoing a grace period for Kevin O'Connell, right? Because, like, again, Patrick yep. Peterson, all these players are saying, We've got the guys. We just need to be better in certain situations, and we just need a different type of leadership. Yes. And here steps in a guy that I think we all think the profile of Kevin O'Connell, if he's coming from that Sean McVay tree and he can lead and connect with people and he's an offensive mastermind, it's a good profile of coach. But do you do you step in your first year as a coach in your mid-30s and click on all cylinders? Like, it's just, it's a lot to ask. It's You're, you're basically saying... He needs to be Sean McVay-like right away to click with a roster that's ready to, to rock and roll right away. Correct. You know, was, um, what's his name, Zach Taylor, the Bengals coach? Like, was he ready in his first year to just step in and be a Super Bowl coach? No. Probably not. No, he wasn't. But he, had a, but he had a, you know, they had a rebuilding situation, and he could just right. kind of, and then they drafted Joe Burrow and stuff, and he could ease into it for, for two or three years. Yep. Kevin O'Connell does not necessarily get the luxury of easing into it. Not with guys like Peterson, Thielen, no. Kendricks. They're all Harrison Smith. These guys have been in the league for ten years. They're they're not 
Sorry, you figure out how to use challenges and, and manage a game late. We'll give you seven weeks to figure it out. No, dude, you got to go now. And this is an, I think that this is an unexplored topic that is so interesting. And, and it basically transfers from sport to sport to, to sport. But keep in mind, Sean McVay took over a Rams team that had a quarterback that he could basically, and McVay is, there's no question about it, an offensive genius, that he could basically puppeteer without a problem, right? I mean, Jared Goff's not that that good. McVay could talk until the uh, clock sh- shut off or the um, contraption shut off in Goff's helmet, I think, with 15 seconds left before the play because McVay was diagnosing. No, none of that's ideal, but McVay could do that. Kirk Cousins is headstrong. So for all we talk about, well, this Cousins thing, he's got a guy that cares about him now, and, and that's all probably true, and that's awesome. That's great. But my guess is Sean McVay could tell Goff, shut up, sit down, and here's what we're doing. And Goff would be like, oh, okay, cool. Um, Kirk Cousins is a veteran. He's 34. He's been around the block. He has ideas. He likes to draw lines about where his responsibility ends, but that doesn't mean that he's not headstrong. Yes, I think that the pressure that's being put on Kevin O'Connell is to a certain point unfair because any building process with this team is essentially gone. Like this is a ready-made, put it in the oven and pull it out in a half hour and it's done team. It's supposed to be anyways. No, right. But I'm saying it's it's clearly not, it's not done, but like it's being, I mean, it's being portrayed as being a ready-made product. Yeah. Do you think, see, my opinion is this. My opinion is a lot of people in that building, starting with people that own the team, but trickling down as well, are fooling themselves into where this team is truly at. Do you agree with that? I would love to know what Mark Wilf's thoughts are on Caesars Sportsbook listing over-unders for every team today and having the Vikings at 8.5. Because Mark Wilf continues to use the word excellence, right? We want to achieve excellence, and we feel like we're in a position to compete for championships, et cetera, with the right leaders in place. And the market, literally the people that make bank off of correctly identifying, now they're not right 100% of the time, but the people that set those lines are the ones that pay for those massive multi-billion dollar structures that we all party in in Las Vegas. Like They don't set lines, and they're wildly incorrect. So when they set a line of eight and a half, which they did, I think, last year, too, and everyone's like, what? Eight and a half? Well, if you bet the over, you lost money. I said that. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're right. And I said it, too. So, you know, Mark Wilf, you've got a ready-made team. you got the leadership you want. And the market, the objective market, Vegas, Caesar Sportsbook, is telling you eight and a half. Okay, maybe you draft a star cornerback in the first round. I mean, does it get you to nine? Does it push the over-under to nine? I don't think it's worth a full win. A rookie cornerback in the first round is not pushing a Vegas over-under to a full win higher. So what is the belief in the room, and why is it different than the objective belief outside in Las Vegas, right? And by the way, if you think Vegas is wildly wrong, put your money where your mouth is and hammer the over. Maybe I wind up doing that at some point. Optimistic Mackey on the show. <laughs> but I think let's let's also... Let's because we're kind of getting into the you know okay how good is this team now right like let's let's see what this thing looks like I want to go through position group confidence levels with you guys here okay and this is going to be presented let's loosen the let's loosen up a little bit let's put a surly back here let's uh, let's loosen the tie here 
I'm going to play a new game with you. But what, what kind of uh, what kind of surly are you going to be drinking this week? Uh, for this one, you know what? If we're going to be talking football position groups, let's talk beer position groups, and let's talk about football. the first surly variety pack of 2022 that's out right now. And you can go through these beers and rank them yourself. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's some Pro Bowl players here. All right, so we start with the superstar, the furious, the quarterback. That's always there, and that is great. But we also include Havoc Machine, Ghost Empire Dark, Lager, and Hyper Modern Idaho 7 IPA. It should be nine, not because of alcohol content, but because it runs nine routes. That's right. It runs the deep routes. It catches the big passes from the Furious, and it is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated beers in this town. You've got to get give it a try. But to do that, get that Surly Variety Pack. The weekend is approaching. It's time to enjoy. It's time to enjoy sports on a TCL with some Surly Brewing products. Yeah. While wearing some Chill Boys. That's right. How many oh, yeah, different yeah. ways can you support Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily and Score North, right? So I got my Chill Boys on right now, the athletic fit. I've kind of gravitated toward the athletic fit and the long underwear. Just oh, absolutely. Long underwear is so comfortable. The, the, the bamboo. I'm a big fan of the bamboo. You know, Easter Sunday is coming up, and someone asked me, you know, what do you want in that uh, Easter basket of yours? I said, how about a pair of Chill Boys? I think it'd be a great little, little Easter basket uh, stuffing, stuffing stocker, if you will, in that basket. Like Not a bad it. one. It is a Minnesota-based yeah. company. You can find them online, chillboys.com. Just tell them that Purple Daily and or Score North sent you along for the most comfortable underwear Football. you're ever going to ever gonna wear. All right. I'm going to throw out different position groups. As they stand right now on the Vikings roster, I want you guys to give me one of three different ratings. Okay. Confident, mild anxiety, <laughs> or full-on panic. Okay? Okay. Okay. So yep. let's start with the group that they just helped solidify with bringing Patrick Peterson back yesterday, the cornerback group. So Cam Dantzler, Patrick Peterson, Chandon Sullivan, and then some of the usual suspect backup guys that we've come to know and love, the Chris Boyd types, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so what is, your, what is your confidence level in the cornerback room right now? Is it confident, mild anxiety, or full-on panic? It's a mild anxiety. It's a mild anxiety because because uh, Pat P is is a if Pat P can replace the exact same production he had last year for twenty twenty two, I'll be like great. Honestly, I'll be like that. That is my expectation for him. If he can do that again, awesome. Thanks for playing. Cam Dantzler had like an identity crisis last year on and off the field, but then when he figured out his stuff in the second half, he actually turned out to be the cornerback we saw his rookie year, and he was a promising guy and was was a very highly rated uh, cornerback by Pro Football Focus. I think the caveat to even get me out of mild anxiety into into confident is if they do hit a home run in their first round pick with a corner. If 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 they draft, let's say Derek Stingley, and he turns out to be a stud, which rookie corners it's hard to project how well they'll fit immediately. But if they hit a home run there, well, then I feel a lot better. But right now, it's it's a mild anxiety. It, it, I don't know how anyone could have confidence right now in their cornerback group. Okay. Jacqueline put, put it perfectly. I agree completely oh, wow. with you. everything he just said. Um, I actually think Dantzler, so I don't know what happened in training camp l- last year, but if you go back to week one, Dantzler was inactive. And I don't, I'm don't. i sure he cannot be absolved of, of all blame, but things certainly seem to break down there. He could come back and be fine. Pat P did miss three games because 
of a hamstring, which scares me because that to me is the start of, you know, the, he's old for that position. Let's just say it. Uh, yeah. Mild anxiety, not panic. I like the fact that they seemingly have addressed the nickel corner with a guy who looks like a big upgrade. That's important because that's a position we do not talk nearly enough about, and that guy can kill you if he's exploited. Yep. So, all right. So it's it's a mild anxiety for me as well. So we all match on mild anxiety. I'm going to give you a couple different nuggets here. So let's start with Patrick Peterson. Out of 129 qualified cornerbacks last year in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus, he graded 63rd overall. So he was essentially smack dab in the middle. He's an, he's an average cornerback, which is an insult to him from five years ago. But yep. honestly, you, you're not going to have superstars all over the field. Like having a cost-efficient, average cornerback, veteran, leader, respected, it's a good re-signing, and he holds it down. Yep. Cam Dantzler... Graded 19th out of 129 cornerbacks in the NFL last year, number one in run defense. So he was <laughs> he was kind of league average in coverage, but he was in the right spot and making tackles in run defense, which is something you don't know, like unless you you remember back to Antoine Winfield where he was you could just off the edge every play. Good I back. think it was kind of a hidden part to Cam Dantzler's game that didn't go as noticed. Yep. He he only missed four tackles all season and tallied 17 stops, meaning basically blew up a play 17 times before it got started. Uh-huh. So I think people are probably underrating Cam Dancer a little bit. Part of it was the rocky start to the season and the doghouse thing. And then Chandon Sullivan, so he grades awfully against the run, just atrocious against the run, which could be problematic. Uh, but he's he's serviceable in slot coverage. Now, we went through some of the numbers last week. Compared to Mackenzie Alexander, who graded dead last overall among all cornerbacks in the NFL last year, you're not getting a, a pro bowler here, but like you're getting a huge upgrade over Mackenzie Alexander. So it's a, it's a better situation, assuming not too much drop-off with Peterson, than it was at the end of last season. They're serviceable. But there's yeah. no depth. <laughs> no depth. Right. And two of those dudes are on one-year contracts. And, so. and you know what? The entire defense, for the most part, strikes me as exactly that. Like, just that's very, how very I describe depth. it. Yeah. Which Mike, very Zimmer was, Mike Zimmer was right about that, yeah. by the way. Okay. Safeties. And we don't have to, like, spend an hour on all these. But safeties. Confident, mild anxiety, or full-on panic? Harrison Smith, Cam Bynum, and some backups. Uh, mild anxiety because I don't know that it sounds like they're still trying to sign a safety. So I don't know that, that they're going to start Bynum who had one good game when Smith uh, sat out because of COVID at Baltimore. Uh, so until it's a finished product, mild anxiety, but much more likely to bump up to confident than to go. I don't see myself being panicked about that. So, so this is now more, I say this because it's an unfinished product. I have confidence. I'm confident that the safety position's fine. Um, Harrison Smith might not be the all-pro he was in the early part of his career, but is still a, obviously above-average safety and is that illusion of complexity on the defensive side of the ball that Kevin O'Connell likes to talk about. Right, He can still do so many things well. And when you have a safety that's that damn good, I'm not saying his other side can be irrelevant because Xavier Woods stepped in last year and it was solid and was fine, right? And Cam Bynum showed some promise last season. I don't see the position being a mild anxiety or panic mode. And you have someone like Harrison Smith who can establish that uh, uh, that no. confidence there. So for me, it's confidence. No problem. It's confidence for me, too. I mean, Harrison Smith is a borderline Hall of Famer. And Cam Bynum, so Cam actually started, he started, he technically started three games last year. 
because he actually started uh, at Baltimore at the Chargers, and then he started at Green Bay, played like six snaps, and then they they started some like sub package or something, and he was on the field for it. But in the two games that he played, the bulk of his snaps, he was excellent, and and that's against two hard to uh, play against offenses on the road in Baltimore and the Chargers, and so fourth round pick, he was highly thought of and versatile coming out of the draft. So I, I mean, man, I. Next to Harrison Smith, I'm in on this guy. Okay, front seven. I'm going to put the front seven all together. The three, four different looks you could give. Daniil Hunter, Zadarius Smith, Harrison Phillips, Dalvin Tomlinson, Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks, and then somebody else, TBD, will be the seventh person in that group. What is your level of confidence? Are you confident, mildly anxious, or full-on panic? Mildly anxious. Mildly anxious <laughs> because with, on Smith, we don't know. Like if Smith was healthy, I think I'd be I think I'd be confident. Um Hunter should be fine. He's gotten he's he's been hurt back to back years, but they're not the same thing. And and the one last year was a football in- injury that's sort of just a fluky thing. But because we don't know one of the starters and because of Smith's health and because the run defense struggled so much last year, I'm I, I am confident it's going to be improved. I guess my question yeah. is by how much. Um, I am going to have mild anxiety. It's like this hybrid between mild anxiety and full-on panic. It's like in this in this gray area, just because wow. there's so many question marks that, and and with the one-year contracts and with the depth overall, like can they be really good at one of these spots? And I think the spot that they're most likely to be really good at when I'm talking about is defensive ends, their cornerbacks, their safeties. Can they be elite on the defensive line? Can they figure out ways to pressure the quarterback at a high rate? Because your cornerbacks are definitely not going to be able to help you in coverage. So can they figure out one area to be exceptionally good at? And then can they just be average and situationally great in the others? That's where I'm at with this defense. We're all over the board here. I'm actually confident here. I think injuries are the thing that I'm a little bit nervous about. Maybe age with Eric Kendricks, but... um, I'm I'm just sort of assuming some health for Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith, and I get that that's not an assumption you can just make, but if those guys are healthy, Harrison Phillips is young. Dalvin Tomlinson was very good last season at a position that you just, I mean, it's a hard position to judge, but he was very good at his job last season. I'm confident. I think they're going to get after the quarterback, especially if Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith are on the field at the same time and healthy. Um, depth at linebacker, bit of an issue, but there was there's a couple guys out there that like you can still sign somebody, and I'm sure they're going to draft a linebacker at some point. Uh, Chad Surratt, too, they drafted him in the third round last year. I don't know. Does, has anyone seen him since the draft last year? So I'm I'm curious to see it play out. Okay, wide receivers and tight ends. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, Irv Smith, uh, Smith-Marset, confident, mildly anxious, full-on panic. Oh, I'm confident. Um Irv Smith health it concerns me a little bit, but I'm assuming he's fine now. So I am, if I am confident about one spot on this team, I mean, the depth chart obviously starts with Justin Jefferson. Count me in as confident. Yeah, easily confident. I mean, KJ Osborne's emergency has even made this even better. A guy who really came on the scene as a wide receiver three, and they lost Irv Smith. And that was a big blow because he looked like he was poised to have a breakout year, but they were still fine with Tyler Conklin. And I know now he's departed in free agency, but they were still able to make work with a backup tight end who looked like a tight end one. So I, I have no problem with the weapons that they have here. It's confident. Yeah, these are excellent weapons. They might even draft a wide receiver. You know, maybe they draft a somebody who can 
be out there with some different motion and gimmick plays. You know, the Rams always found ways to get guys involved. Uh, so I'm confident. Okay, running backs. Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Kane Wongwu. Confident, mild anxiety, full-on panic. Uh, I'm going to assume that Cook does not get hurt, which is probably stupid on my part, and say confident. Uh, but once he gets hurt, then it becomes, you know what, now. You know what, I'll just say it, confident. Okay. Because I think that they have the abilities um, to be successful. So, yeah, I'm going with second consecutive one. Damn it, I'm confident. Yeah, I'm confident. It's no problem. Um, I, I, Kane Nwangu is a nice spellback. Um, so is Alexander Madison, and Dalvin Cook is one of the best backs in the league. So very confident. No problem. Okay, even if it didn't involve Dalvin Cook, I would tell you I'm confident. I think Alex Madison mm-hmm. can be a starting running back, and I think Kane Nwangu, if given touches creatively in an offense like yes. this, could could explode too. So yes. th- this is a deep group here. Offensive line, Christian Derrissaw, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, Brian O'Neill are the fixtures. And then some sort of hodgepodge of Jesse Davis, who they just signed, Wyatt Davis, Ole Udo, and maybe some others competing for right guard. Just sound the damn alarm. Just sound the damn alarm. Sound it. Full on? Yeah, full on on panic. panic. Yeah, you've done nothing. You you say that you're going to basically cater thing towards having Cousins have a huge season, and then you haven't improved the interior of his line one bit. (laughs) Like it flies in the face of what you're supposed to be doing. Full on panic. As you say, flies in the face. A seaplane flying wow. by my window right now. Yeah, this is the, so the high production value. Thanks, here. Tom Hanks and Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, uh, full on panic. It's 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 actually strange because they have two established tackles. Like the right and left side of your tackles are secured in Darisaw and and Brian O'Neill, but everything else is such a sieve. I have I'm still in full on panic mode. You might have the two most important positions in your tackles filled. The other three are such sieves that I have no confidence in it. So it's a full-on panic. Yeah, I mean, I, it, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> until until, until they scheme Garrett Bradbury into a better player, then it's it's panic. I don't know. In Cleveland's defense, to... I I don't include him. I'm just saying center and right guard. It, it's like an Jesse engine. Davis. It's like an engine that's revamped and great with no brakes. Like I can go really fast, but I'm gonna kill someone if I don't hit these brakes right. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It's just. I mean, they're putting. Uh, listen, if they can scheme Garrett Bradbury up, and if if Jesse Davis is even average at right guard, okay, then I go to I go to mild anxiety here. But uh, and Brian O'Neill is excellent, and I think Christian Darrisaw is on the way. And if Darrisaw takes a big step forward too, then I'm out of the panic mode. So we'll see. And then the final position group is quarterback: Kirk Cousins, Sean Mannion, Kellen Mond. Confident, mild anxiety, or full-on panic? I'm not going to include special teams. We're always full-on panic when it comes to kickers in this town. So quarterback. Um, I better be confident. It better work. Like, it has to work. If it doesn't work, what's the point of the whole thing? Shut her down. Just go to TCO, put the bolts on the doors, shut her down, lock it up, tear it down, build a huge surly brewing plant. Yeah, no, like I have to be confident. It better work. That You are banking on the fact that this is going to 100% work, and I'll tell you something else. If Kirk gets hurt, Sean Mannion better step in and be damn good too because you're sticking with him. So, like, no, I am putting this on. The onus is on the Vikings and Kirk to make this work, and I will be mad if it doesn't work. <laughs> I think you'll be mad. Seriously. Regardless. No, you know what? If Kirk's great, I'll be happy. If um, Kirk's great. I'll be happy. Yeah, Let's it, see it. It's confidence because even even though I have questions about Kirk being an elite quarterback, but I'm confident of who he is. And yes, the the argument is, well, like, oh, they're one injury away. Well, every team, if you lose your starting quarterback, you're screwed. 
Like, right? Like, 99% of the time, you're screwed. The Case Keenum situation is an anomaly. It's an outlier. But I have a confidence in who Kirk is. So the quarterback room for me, I'm confident in. All right. It's mild anxiety for me because the last time Kirk had to work in a new system, I mean, this is a similar system to what he was operating in in Washington, so it shouldn't be super foreign. But even he said there's going to be new language. So he's making it sound like he's going to have to learn a lot of things. The DeFilippo thing was a train wreck the first year, and then he talked about code words in his... I mean, it was a train wreck by the end of the year, I should say. Like, he just wasn't comfortable. They fired him. So I think when it comes to new things, it takes Kirk a minute. So I have a little, I have a little anxiety that his preparation and the way that he goes about things is going to be put to the test, even with the great relationship. And I have anxiety that he can get to the next level, which means better under pressure, better in those key moments late in games. I know people keep pointing out, oh, the, but the Arizona game. Guys, the offense scored three points in the second half of that game. Like, right. I need more consistency across all quarters for him. So anyway, it's mild anxiety. Not going to lie. Okay. Well, it, it better it, it better work. If it does not work, it, it would be it be akin to you take off, you get to cruising altitude, and the pilot comes out and says, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how, how to land this plane. <laughs> like Kevin O'Connell and Kirk, but it, it better work. I, I'll be pissed off if it doesn't work. No. The entire uh, reason he's here is because of Kirk. Well, you know what does work? Livia. We know it's proven to work. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, so last September, I went to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. I stepped on their high-tech scales. Great scales, by the way. Body fat, all of that good stuff. 200 and approximately 240 pounds, a lifetime high, way too much. 52, not good, not healthy, didn't look good, clothes didn't fit. Today, as I talk to you, 201 pounds. That's exactly right. And now I want you to join me. Now, now I'm in the balance phase of the program. But, but if you get on the program now, join today. You get 25% off plus 35 meals for free. 855 go Livia, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. I'm in the balance phase, but I'm going to tell you right now, the balance phase is keeping the weight off, which is absolutely key, but you got to lose the weight first. Livia.com, 25% off the program, plus 35 meals for free. And uh, consultations can be done in person here in town, or if you're outside the state, consultations can be done virtually as well. It is easy as that, Livia.com. Also, hey, business owners out there, Federated's here to help you. The cool thing about Federated is they don't pretend to just, you know, we're just, they're not into selling as many policies as possible. Okay, They specialize in core industries that they know and understand so they can partner with you and have that deep understanding of the field that you work in. Training programs for all their employees. They go through a multiple-month training program in Owatonna before they get assigned to their regional offices. So it's like a training camp for, uh, for federated workers. It's great. You can find them online at federatedinsurance.com. And remember at federated, it's our business to protect yours. Football. It is time for the random oh, Viking wow. of the week here on Ooh. purple daily, where I give you guys a series of clues, pit you against each other. You can throw out answers whenever you want or guesses. You get up to three incorrect guesses and then you lose you can ask me questions, and I can answer if I want to. Judd, you have an 18-11 to 11 lead in Random Viking of the Week. A few of the former Random Vikings have been Jerome Felton, Rich Gannon, Jeff Dugan, Chris Cluey, Jay Fiedler. Last week was Matthew Hatchett. 
Can't believe I didn't get Jay Fiedler. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. This random Viking of the Week hails originally from Honolulu, Hawaii. This random Viking of the Week was a standout in high school in basketball and track. He actually helped lead the uh, high school basketball team to the state title game when he averaged 17 points, 11 rebounds, and 3 blocks per game. Hmm. He won a state title in uh, track and field, too. Discus. All right, I got to guess. It's too obvious, I think, though. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess it because I, I get three guesses, right? Mm-hmm. Ezra Tuola. That's what I thought. Okay. Incorrect. That, that would be a great random Viking, though. Be right one. Yeah. Uh, I, in terms of his high school track career, he also was a state runner-up in the shot put. So he was football, basketball. Track. He's a multi-sport athlete. Oh, what a talent this guy Crazy. was. The problem was this random Viking of the Week had a 1.23 GPA in, in high school. Not to make fun. Uh, but things ended up okay for him, ultimately. He made more money than most people make playing football. In my research GPA for this, I have not been going through high school GPAs, so that's, that's not going to help me a lot right there, Phil. So so he did have to start his college career at a community college because of the low GPA. He played at Garden City Community College to start his college career. Where is Garden City? Do you know? Um, I think it's in Colorado. Okay. I think it's in Colorado. Okay, okay. He eventually moved from Hawaii to Colorado in high school. Okay. And then he went to that community college. And then he played. And then he played another round of college football in the Big Twelve. All right. He was actually. Uh, let's see here. Can't well, it was. It. it was recently announced that he will be returning to his Big Twelve school as part of the support staff. So he's not going to have like an assistant coaching title, but he'll be on the support staff. So a guy with a one point two three GPA in high school is going to be returning to a college. He's probably made some progress over the the years. Big that Twelve he's support staff. <laughs> We don't know yes. the school. Also, if you were as good at sports as he clearly was in all these yeah, areas, wouldn't matter. would you go to class? Who cares? I, but no, but I wouldn't be on the support <laughs> staff either. I'd be at, at the bars telling well, stories. He, I mean, he's, he's clearly retired now, so he can't play anymore. Right, so that's why I'd be at the bar signing, signing my football cards. Yeah. So, um, Declan's very serious here, by the way. I'm not sure if you've caught on to that. He's like in deep thought. Here's the other crazy thing about his high school career. His senior year of high school... He had 113 tackles along with eight touchdowns and was named Colorado Springs Area Player of the Year. I'm going to I'm going to throw out a guess. Nice. Kylie Wong. I will add none like of those stats you would not associate any of those stats, the 113 tackles or the eight touchdowns with his NFL career in any way whatsoever. I was like, "What?" It just kind of speaks to how apparently ridiculous this dude was in high school. In the NFL, Pro Football Focus once rated him among the best at his position. He only played for the Vikings. 
the only NFL team he played for was the Vikings. Mm. <laughs> mm. I love this game. <laughs> so this is a... So you would not associate any of the stats of defensive or offensive success with him. In fact, I'm going to throw I'm going to throw out a bunch of stats here. So, 113 tackles his senior year in high school, eight touchdowns, and then you know all of the basketball stuff, the track and field stuff. Like none of that has anything to really do. anything to do with what he did in the NFL. I think I think I know the position group he's in, but yeah, I, I think I know that too. But I'm trying to figure out. Trying to figure out who it would be because we've had a few of these guys as our random Viking of the week before. His NFL oh. coaches included Brad Childress and Leslie Frazier. Judd knows him well. Should know him well. Wait, wait. Childress? To Frazier. To Frazier. You've really thrown me off with the thing that he did. The stats have nothing to do with his career, though. Mm-hmm. He was a second round draft pick. Second round draft pick. His career was cut short. It was cut short. No, oh, damn. Not it. like super short, but like definitely, definitely could have played more. No, it wouldn't been phys- physically became unable to. Second round draft pick. Yep. He was about six foot eight. Is it Marcus Johnson? That's a guess. Marcus Johnson, because he was a second-round pick. That's an amazing guess. That's incorrect. Okay, I'm down to one strike. Let's just say that the Marcus Johnson experiment, I think, sort of led into, all right, let's let's get a real dude here. Phil Lodeholt. There it is. There it is, right there. Phil Lodeholt. Judd Zolgad. Phil Lodeholt. He was the two two way player. He's one of the best defensive. Yeah, I had no linemen, idea. Apparently in high school. I mean, he's a great athlete, beast man. Yeah, just a beast. And he's out there. Can you imagine Phil Oldhold just banging in the paint? Seventeen points, eleven rebounds. Well, skinnier, yeah. I sort of, I sort of can. It'd be scary, but I can. Man, so Phil Oldhold. All right, Judd. Eighteen to, to your nineteenth point here in Random Viking of the Week. Congratulations. Nice work. That's up. Yeah, he tore his uh, tore his Achilles in a preseason game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah against too, the Buccaneers, and that was it. That was a wrap. And he was back here a couple of years ago, I think, as a uh, training camp intern type coach. Yeah, good for him, man. Like to go from a, a 1.23 GPA yeah. to making millions of dollars, and now he's going to go and potentially coach at Oklahoma. So good for that guy. I he thought you were talking about a kicker for a second, and oh. I'm like, nah, kickers wouldn't have a 1.23. Nor would they average 11 rebounds in a yeah. state high school. You know, I did not know. I had no idea he was born in Honolulu. I didn't either. No, that's I think he must have moved when he was little or something. But all right, cool. that's a wrap here. Purple Daily, get your questions in for uh, our Saturday edition in a couple days of uh, Purple Daily. Reads the comments. We'll do a little four question Friday tomorrow. So many things here. This off season is just getting started. We got the draft on the horizon. Some fun news to announce early next week about the draft. So stick with us. Daily Vikings Entertainment. Purple Daily. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, 
or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.